And we are live. Welcome everyone to the Saturday Standouts live show. Um, different time, different day than we usually are. Um, hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Um, I'm Sam Daring, as always. With me to my left is my awesome co-host, Caleb Skinner. And we have a special guest with us. He's normally um, the big guy on the college game day, and that's Trill. Trill, it's great to be, be here with you, man. How's it going? Oh, it's great to be here. Great to be here talking football with my guy, Caleb. And, you know, we're fellow FSU fans, so can't disagree with him too much. But we're here to talk our shit and have some fun. And they got Mackenzie Milton. That's Christmas came early for those FSU fans. <laughs> Caleb, Caleb, how you Thank doing you. this morning? I'm doing good, man. You know, Santa treated me right uh, yesterday. Had a, you know, good holiday season. Looking forward to New Year's coming up. Excited for our special, you know, show this morning on a Saturday. We usually, you know, you got Trill and uh, Andrew over there with the Unwrapped University Live on Saturday mornings. But we did a little bit of moving around, brought Trill on as a special guest with us um, this Saturday morning. So hopefully get you guys going before these games get kicked off for today. So to start off, um, so what we're going to do these next two weeks is we're going to break down the bowl games. But instead of, you know, designating an episode, one episode all at once, um, we're going to go through today's games through New Year's Eve. And then next week we're going to be doing um, the New Year's six games through the college football playoff. Um, so the bigger games obviously be next week, but there's a there's a few that are intriguing. Um, so let's let's start off. Um, Caleb, I'll start with you. Um, who's your most which game are you most looking forward to seeing? Yeah, for these exciting bowl matchups. Um, I know most of the exciting ones come after, you know, <laughs> um, New Year's Day and everything. So, um, But we got some pretty decent ones, like you were saying, Sam. But the game that I'm kind of looking forward to, and there's a lot of unknown here, and that's going to be, you know, Oklahoma State taking on the Miami Hurricanes, you know, number 21 ranked team versus number 18 ranked team. In the nation, um, I know Trill was talking about how Tylen Wallace is out for this game, um, and then Chuba Hubbard has opted out for the rest of the season also. But that doesn't mean you can't build if you're an Oklahoma State team and you know build on something positive to end your season, especially with the type of defense that you've been able to have all year. Um, being able to you know shut down a lot of Big Twelve opponents is you know a difficult thing to do, um, and you know you can't necessarily shut them down. But I think it's going to be a good matchup, a good test for a young Oklahoma State defense as well. Mm -hmm going up against, you know, Derek King and whatever other weapons that Miami has, whether it's, you know, Harley at, out at wide receiver or, you know, Harris, who's run for almost 600 yards and nine touchdowns now. So, um, and then you also got, I mean, I don't know if Brevin Jordan's playing or not, or if he's still, you know, down for the count like he has been for the pretty much, you know, whole season. But I think it's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be a good way for maybe Derek King to show people who haven't necessarily watched him all year you know, swing the ball around in a, in a high profile game other than, you know, them playing Clemson. So uh, I think it'll be an intriguing matchup. Not everybody that, you know, we want to be there and see play are going to be, but um, I still think it's, you know, a top 25 matchup between two very good teams who have, you know, good coaching staffs on there um, as well. So um, I, I'm looking forward to that. I know there's a couple other games that we could have all picked, but, you know, I didn't want to necessarily, you know, double up with one of the games that you guys had. But um, I'll pass it over to our special guest before we get to you, Sam. So, um, Trill, what's your most exciting, you know, bowl matchup leading up till the first of, you know, next year? It's actually a bowl game that's happening today. We've got Coastal Carolina taking on the Liberty Flames. And if anyone has paid attention to college football this year, these have been probably two of your better non-Power 5 teams by far this year. 
Liberty has beaten Syracuse and Virginia Tech and lost to NC State by a point a little more than a month ago. And we've seen what Coastal Carolina has done all year, pulled off multiple upsets, found BYU on a Wednesday or a Thursday and beat them on a Saturday. It To me, they've had the perfect season. They've done everything everyone has wanted them to do, played the teams you wanted them to play, two top 20 wins. I think this is the game where they're going to show the rest of the country that they belong. They're going to take this as an opportunity to try to embarrass Liberty to the best of their abilities. And Liberty is going to look at it the same way. If they win this game, they're 10 and one, another win over another ranked opponent. Hell, almost a top 10 opponent at this. It's a game for both teams to make a mark, but Coastal Carolina for what they've done all year, got them running away with it. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to watch this game as well tonight. That's the game I had originally picked out as something I was, you know, paying attention towards coming up till the beginning of the year. And we, I think these teams were originally scheduled to play each other, correct? When they, um, when Coastal Carolina had to replace Liberty with BYU because of COVID problems that was go- that were going on with Liberty or some contract tracing or something that like that happened. And when that was going on, I was excited to see Liberty play Coastal Carolina back then. And now these teams are meeting up now. Um, and I think maybe Liberty has one loss, but Co- is Coastal still, still undefeated? Yep, they are. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, the one loss amongst both of them, that's going to be an exciting matchup. And, you know, we saw what Coastal Carolina did in the type of, you know, confidence and swagger they came into that game against BYU with. So let's see if they can do it here. Um, I personally am a fan of, you know, Liberty in this one. I think they're going to they're gonna be ready to go and think that Coastal, you know, they might have had a fluke season, if you will, maybe on the thoughts of mind of Liberty or not, whatnot. But, I mean, a little thing you have to pay attention to here, too, is, you know, Hugh Freeze. What's he going to be doing after the season? Is that going to become a factor in this game, thinking that, you know, maybe some Liberty players are thinking that he's going to leave or he's entertaining other jobs? What kind of, you know, motivation is he going to have for his team heading into this big bowl matchup. Yeah, and you brought up Hugh Freeze. I was just going to bring him up. And one, like you love seeing these non-Power 5 schools really come out on top. And there's a reason Hugh Freeze has really garnered head coaching attention. And actually, Auburn the other day, I think you and I both talked last week, Caleb, and Auburn hired Boise State's head coach. Um, so now there's a, there's a head coach opening out in the Mountain West. Will Michigan's job be open if Jim Harbaugh gets fired? Or will Jim Harbaugh get fired, I should say? Um, but yeah, I mean, I like that. I, I, I fully, as we, before Trill came in, came on here, I said, I mean, I, I can, I can totally see an upset Bruin. Um, Grayson McCall is only a freshman. So I think he's going to be a really, really fun player to watch, um, you know, develop into that coastal offense. Um, so mine is Florida, Oklahoma. And one of the big reasons, my second choice was actually yours, Caleb, uh, Miami, OK State. Um, big reason why I picked Florida is because Kyle Pitts has opted out. Kyle Pitts is not playing. Um, and I don't want to go too in depth on Kadarius Tony. Um, but I think this could be a potential big game for Kadarius Tony. Um, granted Oklahoma has given up just 90 rushing yards a game. Um, and we've seen Florida really excel in the passing game a little bit more on the run this, um, than the run this year, but Kadarius Tony, I'll just say this, and I'm going to get more in depth with him later on in the show. Kadarius Tony has been one of the biggest draft risers in college football this year. Um, there's Trevin Grimes, who Caleb and I talked about when we were predicting the SEC. Um, 
everyone thought he was going to take this big leap because he was coming back. Like he was one of those like surprise SEC players from Florida that really shocked the college football world and came back. And now outside of Kyle Pitts, it's the Kadarius Tony show. Um, and then you go to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's good, but they're not a legit team. I would argue they're a little bit overrated this season. Um, I, they went into the Iowa State game, um, ranked 11, and then they beat them, and they went all the way up to six. Um, in my opinion, I don't see any Big 12 team deserving of the college football playoff. I think if Iowa State would have beaten them, I still don't think they would have deserved it. Um, but Spencer Rattler's good. Um, I think he's going to be one of those players next year that everyone is going to be watching very closely to see if he if he takes that big leap. Um, because if you look at their receiving core, Charleston Rambo, I'm pretty sure will be gone. Um, but Marvin Mims Jr., freshman, um, he's one of those guys that looks very promising. And I know some like his stats might not wow you, um, but he he's got a lot of promise in him. Um, so I'm going to go Florida, Oklahoma with this one. I like Kadarius Tony. Don't get me wrong, and I, that whole Florida offense. I think they've got most. This is almost very similar to LSU's offense of last year. You got a whole bunch of NFL talent all around the quarterback, and Kyle Trask himself is an NFL talent as well. To me, like you said, I thought Trayvon Grimes would have been the person to take that next step. But especially being from Broward County, I've followed him from high school. I've known a lot about him. But Kadarius Tony has taken that job. He's basically Percy Harbin Jr. with a little bit of Tyree Kill mixed in. And the way that they're able to use him, I think it's very similar in those ways. I don't think it'll be more in the run game. It'll be more in the passing game. Just get him the ball in space type stuff and see where we can go from there. But overall... Like you said, Oklahoma's way too overrated in this situation. They had early season losses. You lose to Iowa State. Then you come back and beat them in the Big 12 championship, and you take their spot, basically, moving all the way up to six. It made no sense to me. Um, I think Florida shows them who they are. They're going to be an SEC team, and they're going to dominate them. We've seen what happens when Big 12 tries to play SEC. <laughs> Yeah, I can't disagree much more with anything that you guys have said. Um, Florida's offense is obviously, I think, going to take a hit with Kyle Pitts not playing that game, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that offense is going to shut down and not be able to work. So Oklahoma is going to have their hands full. They've played extremely well in the second half of their season, um, especially defensively. So we'll see if they're able to you know, hold that up here against a, a very lethal Florida offense in this game. But another thing that I'm seeing with Oklahoma that's starting to come around here is that Spencer Spencer Rattler is starting to become more comfortable running an offense and getting his guys involved. He doesn't have to necessarily make the big play to win at all. He's starting to understand, hey, if I do the little things right here, right, if I just drop it off with the right amount of spin on the ball or you know just a little bit of loft here, then I can get my guy in a better position to make a play. So um, I think this Oklahoma team is a lot better than we originally saw to start the season. But does it necessarily mean that they are deserving of where they're at? No. I mean, you're a Big 12 team with two losses. That should automatically, you know, take you out of the conversation of being one of the big boys to get in. Um, that's why they weren't talked about. No Big 12 team ultimately was at the end of the day. But um, this Florida team had every right to, you know, have a, a you know, 
talking point when it came to getting into, you know, a New Year's Six game or, you know, ultimately the playoff, which didn't happen after losing to Alabama. But they played Alabama well. Um, they didn't get, you know, a, at the end of the game, they started to pull away a little bit. Alabama did, but they looked good against them. They didn't look horrible. Defense obviously has been, you know, their downfall all year. So that's just something they're going to have to work with. So I expect Oklahoma to put up points. I think it'll be, you know, a high scoring affair. But again, um, like Trill was mentioning earlier, it's an SEC team versus Big 12 team. So ultimately, you know, you, you kind of know what to expect as, as history would tell us when it comes to bowl games and, you know, when it's a Big 12 team versus any other superior conference opponent. So um, we'll see how that goes. But um, I think Florida probably wins that game. We'll see if anybody else decides to opt out. I don't necessarily see it happening. I think, you know, Kyle Trask is pretty stand-up guy. He's going to stay there. But um, before we get any further, you know, let's go ahead and, you know, pay the bills for, so they say, um, you know, the first of the month coming up guys. Um, so if you guys haven't already seen the bottom ticker down there at the bottom, we have just launched a new store called USN shop. It's through Teespring. So head over to teespring.com backslash stores backslash unwrapped. You'll get you guys some cool, you know, unwrapped sports merchandise like this phone right here, this phone case I just got. Um, awesome stuff. I got a couple more gifts coming from them as well. I just got my shirt, wore that yesterday for Christmas actually. So, um, you know, great stuff going over there. Saturday standouts is about to get their merchandise up there as well. So keep a peep out for that. I think we're going to be going undergoing, you know, kind of a rebranding, if you will, when it comes to um, our, our you know, image and everything and our logo. So something to look forward to there as well before we go ahead and, you know, solidify that. I know that's probably breaking news to Sam because I forgot to mention it to him. But uh, yeah, that's that's something we'll get up there soon. Um, there's we got all kinds of um, codes and everything available for, you know, discounts and everything on the shop. So head over to, you know, Unwrap Sports Twitter page, be able to check out those codes as well. If you're a gambling person, you got tons of sports on right now, head over to mybookie.ag and use code USN100 for double your first deposit, guys. So you put $50 in to gamble with, um, mybookie is going to give you $50 of free play. So you go in there and you play whatever you want to, make some money this holiday season, you know. What's better than gambling your your grandmother's Christmas gift of what fifty dollars cash and just you know doubling down on it you know just putting some money in it double up that money so head over to mybookie.ag use code USM100 for double your first deposit and last but not least rxhemp.com which is very true and precious to one of our co-founders Christian McGowan's heart um, rxhemp is all natural CBD pain relief cream use it all the time if you got back pain if you excuse me, or just sore all the time, you play sports a lot, um, or you know you're just on your feet, you got to, you know, those guys achy knees or something like that, go ahead, rub it on there. It's nice, hot and cold stuff. Um, if you use code USN dash, what is it? You, or is it RxHemp dash USN? Excuse me, that's the code. Um, so RxHemp dash USN for 10% off every single one of your purchase, purchases, guys. I'm in need of some new stuff, so I'm going to be going and probably ordering that today after we get off the show. But um I'll let you move ahead with, you know, the rest of the program, Sam. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for all the promos. <laughs> Can't forget about those. Um, so let's, let's, let's go into predicting. We're going to run this just like the college game day show. Um, so starting off with Louisiana UTSA, since UAB's game got canceled today. Um, we'll start with you, Caleb, just who wins you Louisiana or UTSA? Um, Louisiana, I was kind of down on them all year. I don't know why they didn't really stick out to me. Um, just all season, I just guess I didn't really pay attention to them. They got a big win. I think it was against Oklahoma State earlier in the season. Um, or it was a, a pretty Iowa big, State. big Iowa State, Iowa State. That's right. Earlier in the season. So, um, that was good for them. Um, I, I 
like I said, I didn't really follow them a lot this year. Um, but the fact that they're a one-loss team heading against a 7-4 and four team in um, UTSA, and they're 14-point favorites, so two touchdown favorites here, ranked number 19. You got to go go with a better team in this one, and the team that's more experienced has, you know, a, a big win that they've been able to put on their resume this season in, in Louisiana. So I like them. Um, I think they've got a good, you know, balanced attack on the offense side of the ball. Defense has shown that they're worth it, too. Uh, Levi Lewis is a legit quarterback that throwing for 17 touchdowns and um, so the one thing you're gonna have to watch here is UTSA's run game probably they got a nice little running back there and sincere McCormick um, has put up 11 touchdowns over 1300 yards so um, you know I think you you take the old the better team ultimately here but don't be surprised if this one's maybe a little bit closer than you you would think just because you know it's 14 point spread you think they're gonna win big but you know don't sleep on a team that's not very that's not you know very known across the nation here. What about you, Trill? Louisiana hasn't scored less than 20 points in a single game all year. Um, it's real simple for me. I have liked their left-handed quarterback. I think they've played Coastal Carolina the best by far by any team this year, even better than BYU. So, yeah, as you said, a 9-1 and one team going against 7-4, and four, who's beaten ranked teams as well. Louisiana every time with my eyes closed. <laughs> Yeah, this one's easy for me as well. I'm going to go with Louisiana. I'm not going to read out the stats with Levi Lewis, but Levi Lewis has played like a legit quarterback. Um, they beat Iowa State 31 to 14. And you mentioned the Coastal game. They only lost to Coastal by three, 30 to 27. Um, so this this one's easy for me. I'm going to I'm going Louisiana as well. Next one is Western Kentucky and Georgia State. I will start with this one. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm not as familiar with these teams, uh, but I'm going to go with Georgia State on this one. For me, I know that Western Kentucky loves to spread the football around for like the past four or five years. They've always been that team to just throw it all around the field. And at the same time, I know Georgia State is literally the opposite. I think they run a triple option or something similar to that. So I've honestly got Georgia State getting this done just because those triple option teams are always hard to prepare for whether it's a week out, two, three weeks out, it's the fact that you see them one time a year and your assignments have to be perfect or else you're giving up 300 rushing yards. Yeah, um, I, I can understand you guys both went with Georgia State, right? Yep, yeah. All right, so yeah, I could understand, you know, why you're going that direction. However, I want you to pay attention. Western Kentucky's played two board games this season. They've almost played a whole complete schedule compared to a lot of other teams. <laughs> Um, Michael Lawson tuning in saying Merry Christmas guys listening while I'm heading to work uh, Merry Christmas to you Merry Michael Christmas, and man. we hope you and your family had you know a safe holiday first mm -hmm. off but also a fun holiday season and uh, best of luck you know at work today man um, but yeah I like this Western Kentucky team um, I, I know it's five and six team here but they can put up points and you know they give up points too but if you look at what Georgia or Georgia's Georgia State, excuse me, averages per game. They only average, you know, close to 19 points per game. And then they give up about 24 points a game. So, I mean, that's really tough to do up against a Sun Belt team or, excuse me, what type of conferences? They're in, um, excuse me, Conference USA, so not Sun Belt. So, Georgia State's in the Sun Belt. Um, so, I think it's a better conference here for Western Kentucky that they're, they play in a better conference than Georgia State. Um, I think this will be a fun game to watch, honestly. Um, I think Georgia State has only recorded one bowl victory um, like ever. I'm not sure how long it's been since they've won. I think they beat 
actually they beat WKU in 2017. So um, it could happen again, but I like Western Kentucky, you know, a little bit more lethal offense here is going to, is going to do it into Georgia state. So I'll go against you guys on this one. Um, so the next one I believe is cancel army. Um, so we're going to go Liberty coastal Carolina. Um, true. I'll let you start with this one. Fighting Grayson McCall's the fighting Chanticleers, whatever we want to call them. We got coastal Carolina getting this W today. It to me, they're going to show the world why they belong. It's real simple. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's hard to disagree with you just based off of what we see from, you know, the entirety of this season. So I get, I've been riding the shot, the shot to clears myself. Um, I just, I love Liberty in this spot. I think Liberty is going to be ready to show them that or show the nation that, Hey, we deserve to have this talk too. And, you know, you guys are doing all these ESPNs doing all these specials on, on coastal Carolina and, but where's the love for, you know, Liberty, you know, this small town school out of nowhere as well who picked up and took a chance on a coach like Hugh Freeze. Um, I think it's going to be a great game, like we were mentioning earlier. Uh, Coastal Carolina's favored in this game by seven points, which is a lot in my opinion. But, I mean, McCall's a legit quarterback, um, knows how to run the system that he's running there in Coastal. I believe they're about to sign their head coach or did just sign their head coach to, you know, a massive extension of like maybe seven years or something crazy like that. Um they're they're splitting images of each other ultimately you look at their points per game liberty scores a little bit over 38 points a game and you know um, coastal carolina is right there behind them at 37 and a half um, coastal's defense has been a little bit better by 0.5 points per game um total yards about even passing yards even rushing yards about even defense gives up about the same amount of points or not points but yards so this one is going to be fun, and I know exactly why Trio decided to take this one as like his his game to watch because it's going to be it's going to be something, and I can't wait to you know tune into that. But I'll go with Liberty. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to make my pick. <laughs> I'm going to go Coastal, but I don't really I don't think Liberty is a team to sleep on as well, and I don't I'm not going to repeat myself with like we have with Malik Willis. Um, but you just mentioned Coastal's coach got a I got a head coaching or got the extension. Um, but there's one game, not necessarily with Grayson McCall, because he had struggled a bit. I think he had a 42 QBR rating um, against BYU. And I'll be honest, that's a game that I thought BYU was going to um, win. I mean, I think that could. I think that was one of those games where people started to take Coastal Carolina um, more seriously this season. Um, but I, I think I think Coastal gets the job done here. Um, I was going to say, um, I think he went like 18 for 28. Um, the star of the show of that game was C.J. Maribel, their running back, uh, senior, two touchdowns that game. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna go Grayson McCall and Coastal on this one. I think they're getting the job done. Um, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be very close, and I don't think Liberty, Liberty is a team to sleep on. Got to agree. I have to agree with that. So the next one here, um, Caleb's. I'll let you start with this one, Caleb, since this is your game. Okay, State Miami. Uh, yeah, I think this one's pretty shut and closed with you know what Oklahoma State is gonna be without in this game, and that's gonna hurt them. I think more so than help them. It could help them for all we know. You know, you insert new pieces in there, younger guys. Who knows? You know, big game. They might be ready to show out. They might not be. I'm gonna bank on the latter there and say that they're not going to be. And I mean, Miami still got pieces, and they still got Derek King, so you can't forget about that. Um, and I'll get into him a little bit more later, but I mean, this is kind of a, 
going to be a game where he can show out or, you know, you know, kind of just fade away here in terms of out, you know, when it comes to the NFL draft or anything like that. But um, it's just going to be too much Miami here. You know, they love to go fast. They love to get you in a misdirection, run a little play bootleg. Um, it's going to be tough for the Oklahoma State defense to get used to that because I feel like a lot of the times in the Pac-12, you're seeing more of, you know, I um, RPOs, excuse me. You see a lot more RPOs than you do maybe bootleg, you know, or any different play action rollouts that, <coughs> excuse me, that Rhett Lashley and it likes to roll out with a quarterback like De'Aaron King. So um, it's going to be a little bit of a change of pace for, you know, an Oklahoma State defense. I think it's going to be a lot lower, lower score than people might think to begin with. Um, it's just because Oklahoma State's defense is young, but they are talented and they do make plays. So um, I think Miami will have a little bit of time struggling with that. And also Miami's defense isn't all that great. So, I mean, you could also see Oklahoma State being able to get some opportunities here or there, whether they take advantage of it or not. Um, I don't believe they do. And I think Miami wins this one fairly convincingly. Being a South Florida person, just want to take this one just because Miami has got a special place in my heart, especially being a Seminole fan. Um, I've got them, like Caleb said, winning convincingly today. I think they're going against a Big 12 team that doesn't match up well in the first place. Got multiple people sitting out. The, for me, the only question with Miami every week is, is their defense going to show up? I know what the Eric King and Rhett Lashley can do with the offense. I know they can put up 30 points if given enough chances. It's can the defense make stops? I've seen this team give up 45 points to NC State this year, who scored 15 against Liberty. So it's like, make it make sense for me, Miami. Just be a consistent team, put together a full game, whatever it is. But just do the job that I know you can do, and you'll win this game how everyone expects you to. I agree with both of you. And these are two teams. I'm going to go with Miami as well on this one. These are two teams that, I mean, I the, the week that Miami got blown out against Clemson, I think is the week that Miami really started to fall off because the first three weeks of the season, yeah, they didn't play anyone like very good, but um, they looked like a very promising team and they looked like a confident team. And not only is Tylen Wallace out, but Chuba Hubbard opted out about two weeks ago. So OK State is all, all, not only out with Tylen Wallace, but they don't have um, they don't have Chuba Hubbard as well, or either. And Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, to me, I expected to take that big leap forward. Um, he's kind of been on and off all season. And going to OK State, to me, I'm just not. I I haven't been overly impressed with them. I mean, they they almost lost to. Um, they almost lost to Tulsa week one, a week that game that you know Tylen Wallace's first game back from injury. Um, Spencer Sanders went out, Ethan Bullock went in, did not look confident at all. Shane Illingsworth um, looked very confident. Um, they lost to TCU a few weeks ago, they blew out Baylor. Um, very high scoring game, beat Texas Tech by six, got blown out against Oklahoma. See, some their resume to me just doesn't look that impressive. Um, and losing Tylen Wallace and Chuba Hubbard to you know injuries, opt-outs doesn't help their case. Um, so surprisingly, I think this is a very good matchup, and I can see why you picked this, Caleb. Um, but I think I think Miami has a chance to win this with ease. Yeah, it's it's pretty. 
I picked it because you never know what an Oklahoma State team might do, especially when they just mm-hmm. put young different talent in there. Um, you never know. Like with Gundy, you just don't know what type of team's going to show up. Like you said, they can get smacked by Oklahoma one week and then go out and smack a Texas the next week. So you never know what type of Gundy offensive plan you're going to get. And I expect him to be ready for a bowl game. Um, he usually does perform well in, in bowls pass. Um, when it comes, I mean, especially for a Pac-12 team. So um, I expect him to throw a lot of kitchen sink things at Miami, um, see if you can get them to bite early, go up early, and then you have a chance to win that game. So that's kind of where I, I said it would be an intriguing game because you don't know what you're going to get out of Gundy in that offense there, especially when you got new pieces. So um, I expect him to throw the kitchen sink. But at the end of the day, Miami's just overall a better team. And, you know, Derek King is a playmaker, and he's going to prove it once again of uh, what he can do. So um, that's why that's why I went with that intriguing matchup. So you guys all out there saying, oh, what a, what a terrible pick for an intriguing matchup. Well, this is why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my, it looks like Miami is projected, I think it was like 54 to – OK, State's got a 54.8% chance to win, and Miami's got the 45.2. So hopefully our predictions are right there. So, I, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit surprising to me. But um, the next one um, is Texas-Colorado. I'll start with this one. Um, I think Colorado's a good team, um, but I think Texas right now is just too strong. Um, I think the Pac-12 is very promising for the future. I like what their quarterbacks are cooking. You got um, – Sam Neuer, I think, looks very promising. I think Sam Neuer's a senior, though. I think he I think he transferred he transferred in from another school. I don't recall where, um, but Sam Neuer has looked good. Colorado has looked good. Um, obviously, losing Lavisca Chenault to the draft, um, but Texas is also out, out also without Joseph Osai, and that's a player that has made plays. He's a guy that's a playmaker from all sorts of areas of the field. Um, so that's a big loss for them. Um, but I think right now, I think Texas is the stronger team, and I think Texas comes out on top. Yeah, um, I think this is actually has a potential to be a very fun game to watch just because both these teams like to put up points and don't really stop anybody from doing it. So that in that aspect, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, look at the, at the over-under. It's at 63.5, which is high. You know, um, it's getting up there. So, I mean – it's just going to be fun to watch, in my opinion. So it also hurts for Texas that they lost uh, Cosmes out for the rest of the year, too. Um, you know, getting ready for the NFL draft, their, their offensive tackle there that has been really, you know, uh, a standing pole in front of, you know, Sam Ellinger to get to get or prevent him from being sacked. So um, you, you're losing pieces on both your offensive defense here. Uh, Colorado isn't anything to necessarily be scared of. And what really hurts them right now, in my opinion, heading into this game is a awful loss at the end of their season to a Utah Utes team, which is, you know, gone through a lot this season and not all that great. So that, I mean, that's just got to kill your team, at, uh, you know, just as a vibe coming into a bowl game. Like, dang, man, we lost our last game of the season when we could have been 5-0 and at this point, although it is in the Pac-12. And, I mean, you look at their schedule, they played Utah, Arizona, San Diego State, Stanford, and UCLA. None of those teams in the Pac-12 right now are good, even, in my opinion. Maybe you could say you slot in San Diego State and UCLA into that good category. But, I mean, it's it, it's not anything to be spectacular. Utah's not good. Arizona's definitely not good. And Stanford has been, eh, you know, okay. So, Texas has played Kansas State, and they only lost to number 13 Iowa State two weeks ago by three points. 
beat West Virginia, beat number six Oklahoma State at the time in overtime. So I think just record here overall, even though they are losing the pieces, Texas is going to get this win. And I think they win it actually pretty big in this one. Um, just, you know, Colorado coming off that loss is not a good look for them. And I think, you know, your team's going to get a little bit worn down in terms of their morale um, heading into a big game against the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, I'm like – Caleb just labeled it all out there for you. Like literally that loss to Utah, you were four and zero. Utah was one and two, and you came in being an underdog at home. It was so many things wrong about that game, and then you go out and lose to Utah. And as you said, Texas losing pieces, but at the end of the day, as long as you've got Sam Ellinger back there, I've got faith in Texas. He might be the best quarterback. <laughs> Probably the best quarterback since Colt McCoy or Vince Young, if we're being pretty honest about it. So I've got Texas, like you said, winning big today, winning easily. I don't think Colorado can play with them or keep up with them and the amount of athletes they've got in Texas. The next one is my Wisconsin Badgers versus Wake Forest. Um, Caleb, I'll let you start with this one. All right, let me let me pull her up. Give you one second. All right, there While we you're go. Pulling that up, your game, Derek King. Your guys returning for next season. Oh, you're kidding me. There. Are you serious? Yes, sir. I expected that honestly. I've been yeah, talking I mean, with. Okay, good. My bad, Trevor. Yeah. Well, no, it was just I've been talking with UM fans all year, and especially when Mackenzie Milton made his announcement maybe a week or two ago. I started hearing a lot more of a push that De'Ara King is going to stay. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Yep. Well, there goes my uh, offensive player to watch for for the NFL for today's show. Obviously, De'Ara King was going to be my offensive player to watch to, you know, watch coming into the draft and everything. So um, I'll have to scratch that and find somebody else real quick. Well, hey, but, uh, I'm glad I brought it up now, though, and, and <laughs> rather than waiting until we get there. So, right. so I, I'm just sitting here like, oh. um yeah but this wake forest um wisconsin game it should be a a decent one i think but you know with wisconsin's quarterback situation up in the air i'm trying to figure that out running game is still strong um but it needs to be a little bit stronger i think but their defense is legit like it is always is um it's just very stout but do not sleep on this wake forest team man I, i know it's not you know what was his name that transferred to UGA? Um, Jamie Newman. Yeah, it's not it's not Jamie Newman back there, but you know Sam Hartman is not you know that bad of a quarterback. He's thrown for a little over nineteen hundred yards, ten touchdowns, to one pick, putting up thirty seven points per game. Um, their defense isn't anything to write home about. So um, I I don't really know what to think about this. I think this is a, a fantastic matchup between two totally different teams in terms of what they like to do. So, you know, you look at Wake Forest, they like to throw the ball. They like to have a balanced attack Um, when it comes to the ground game as well. Wisconsin a little bit more balanced than, say, you know, Wake Forest. But um, it'll be it'll be interesting with Wake Forest. I can throw the ball around. Uh, Wake is favored or Wake is not favored in this one. Wisconsin's favored in this one by a touchdown, which is interesting. Um, But I think I I think I might take Wake to win this game straight up. And, yeah, I'm just going to go with that. I'll take Wake the Wake Forest Demon Deacons in that game. Yeah, um, Sam Hartman, I've been watching him since, I think, two years ago on QB11 or QB1, whatever the show is. But, yeah, I've been paying attention to Sam Hartman for a while. He's scary accurate, very efficient. I think he's got 
three college interceptions through two seasons, like some crazy stat like that. So I expect them to definitely get the job done today against Wisconsin. Quarterback play is up in the air. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all remember Wisconsin's first game with Graham Mertz and hell, he was in Heisman discussions after that game. And we saw where that went. So I'm going to stick with Wake Forest getting the job done. I'm not betting against the ACC team, although this is not a good matchup, especially with the Wisconsin team who always spits out running backs, 200 yards rushing a game. It's not a good remedy, but Sam Hartman gets the job done. With Wake Forest with the W. See, I had Wake Forest. Um, but I'm going to change my mind and go Wisconsin. But Ooh. Wisconsin has a 72.4% chance to win, which to me is very surprising for this just because how they played all season. Um, I did text EK the other day. Jack Cohn's hitting the transfer portal. And Jack Cohn was the clear to play last week against Minnesota. Um, and when Mertz got benched for Chase Wolf, I feel like that might have maybe even sealed the deal. Um, but, yeah, I mean, sure, you just mentioned when Mertz played Illinois, he went off and people were tweeting out Mertz for Heisman. Um, and then I think the Northwestern game was – the Northwestern game was a trap game. And that was one of those games after that game, um, Peyton Ramsey, Patty Fisher, and all those guys were like, oh, people need to take us more seriously. This Badgers team, Paul Christ is a good coach, but at other times he's also a very frustrating coach because there's teams every year. There's a game every year that is a trap game. Last year we lost to Illinois by a field goal at the end of the game, a game that should have never been close. And two years ago, um, we lost to BYU, um, the game that the team that had Sione Takitaki, who's now in the Cleveland Browns. Um, that's always why I always remember that name because he went off against us. But um, the Badgers are have been an up and down team um, all season, and halfway through the season, they really started to fall off. Graham Mertz showed a lot of his struggles, especially the, it started with the Northwestern game. Um, but I, I'm very surprised to see Wisconsin take being favored by that much. Um, and I don't, I think Wake Forest, Wake Forest is a big passing team. They've averaged over 250 passing yards a game. Um, and Wisconsin has a develop a young secondary, um, led with Scott Nelson, Madison Cohn and Fion Hicks. Um, they've got very young and their secondary has a lot of potential. Um, and as, as for the run game, with Wake Forest, you don't see a ton of it. They're a big passing. They're a big passing team. Um, but a guy to watch for that defense is Isaiah Loudermilk. And this isn't necessarily my defensive player to watch, but Jack Sanborn. Jack Sanborn was a guy that everyone expected to take a big leap. Um, I guess Badger fans expected to take a big leap. Um, big shoes to fill. I mean, they they don't have Chris or they lost Bond. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin on this one, but I think it's going to be a very close game. The next one is Iowa, Missouri. And Garrett, I hope you're listening to this one. Trill, I'll let you start with this one. <laughs> I'm rolling with my man Garrett from Iowa. I've got the Hawkeyes smashing Missouri today. It's not even close. I think Missouri, they've been a surprise more than anything this year, especially with that early season win against LSU. But other than that, they, they've been exactly what I've expected mm-hmm. them to be. 
an offense that can put up some points, but at the end of the day, a defense that can't stop anybody, like, at all. So I've got Iowa rolling, hell, at least 14-point win today, at least. Yeah, I think Iowa wins convincingly. Oh, sorry, Caleb. Um, I think Iowa wins convincingly as well. I don't remember who I was talking to about this, but I feel like Iowa is ranked just about where they should be every year because they're always a team in the Big Ten that has created chaos. They create upsets. Um, They only lost to Northwestern. I think it was by one. Um, Yeah, they only lost to Northwestern early in the season by one. Um, Nate Stanley, obviously a pretty decent loss. Um, Forgot the defensive player's name. Golston. Um, Deshaun Golston or something. Um, they always have sneaky good players that just nobody talks about. Um, and as the season progressed, the Big Ten, I feel like, did not look as strong. Um, but Iowa has been a very consistent team all season. Um, and I've got Iowa convincingly. I think Iowa wins this almost with ease. Yeah, it's no shock to for me to see Iowa in this position. However, I am shocked to see after the start of the season that they had, how they were able to turn it around, especially after all the off-field drama and things that were happening up there um, to even prior to the season during the offseason. So um, for them to overcome the two early losses of the season and what they had to go through in, in the offseason and all the drama and hysteria that was surrounded their whole program ultimately within the coaching room and coaching staff and everything. So um, for them to pull out and be six and two right now and be the ranked, the number 15 overall team in the nation is, you know, perfect. Like you said, Sam, is that it's just, they end up perfectly placed every single year. And, you know, that's right where we find them today. Um, Missouri's kind of that middling team, you know, they can put up points, but defense like um, Trill said, can't stop anybody for the love of themselves at all. Um, both teams, you know, they like to balance it out. Missouri, more of a passing team than they are running. Um, Iowa, like a, a typical Big Ten school, um, likes to run the ball and then, you know, work in the pass after that. So um, contrasting styles. But what ultimately this comes down to is what I was able to do on the defensive side of the ball, only allowing 16 points per game and 107 yards rushing per game. Um, that doesn't necessarily hurt Missouri, but they also only allow 206 passing yards per game does Iowa. So that is going to be a problem for Missouri since they do like to throw the ball a little bit more than run. So I think like you guys are saying, Iowa big, I think they probably win this game maybe even by like four touchdowns. So um, big, big one there for Iowa. Um, I love their quarterback too. Um, I think he's pretty good. Um, Petras, um, great guy, Um, does exactly what he needs to do throughout the year, even though he doesn't necessarily have the numbers. Um, Just kind of that, prototypical quarterback that you need to manage a game. So uh, I, I like Iowa in this game big. Next one is mine, Florida at Oklahoma. I'm taking Florida in this one. Um, I think Caleb, that was you that said it's not going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, I think if Pitts was in the game, I think, because Oklahoma's favored right now. Oklahoma's got a 57-3 right now, um, which is kind of surprising to me. But I feel like the percentages that they're off, um, the margin of it um, – Makes sense because I feel like if Kyle Pitts was playing, it would be the definitely be the other way around. But I'm picking this because I think we could see a big game from Kadarius Tony um, and Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I want to say he's just shy of the 500 yards, 479, six touchdowns. Um, so we could see him break the 500. Um, TJ Pledger is another guy that's very promising, um, very young underclassman. 
Um, and I mentioned their receivers, Marvin Mims Jr. Um, they're young receivers. Their young offensive players have shown a lot of promise. And I think if Spencer Rattler can lose in fashion and put up impressive numbers against this SEC team that is elite, I think Florida's overrated, but I think this year specifically, I think they're a little bit less overrated because they've lived up to the hype. I mean, other than their loss to LSU and AM, they've lived up to their hype. And Kyle Pitts not playing. When Kyle Pitts is on the field, you can really see how well that chemistry is um, with that offense. And it's still consistent when he's not playing, but I'm really, really interested to see how much involvement Trevin Grimes will get um, because we've uh, we've just talked about this earlier in the show. Um, Kadarius Tony's taken over. Kadarius Tony's shifty. He's one of the big draft risers in this year's draft. Um, but no, Kyle Pitts. They think it's going to be interesting to see how much involvement we see out of Trevin Grimes. I'm taking Florida for this one. As much as it pains me, I don't want to go with Florida. Me and Caleb know how this goes. But I've got Florida's defense stepping up today, showing out no throwing of the shoes this week by Marco Wilson. I think they get the job done, keep their cool, and they show another Big 12 team what it's like to play SEC football, and they'll blow them out. Yeah, it's pretty uh, nailing coffin shut door here. Um, it's nothing you can really get away from in terms of Florida's offense and what Dan Mullen's been able to turn it into. And defense might have slipped this season, but I think, like Trill was saying, they get it together here against a Big 12 team that they should, you know, very maybe semi-easily be able to figure out in terms of what they're trying to do, what Lincoln Riley's trying to do. I do think it might be a little closer than people might originally think, but I mean, it's only a three point spread. That's probably based off of the way Oklahoma has looked down the stretch here. Um, <laughs> Garrett said, don't know who wins, but hit the over all day. It's sitting at 71 and a half right now. I think I was talking about the Miami game being a little bit lower in score than we thought, not this Florida game. So excuse me. So yeah, put your money on, on the over here. I expect both teams to put up points. Um, the thing is, is when it comes to Oklahoma's defense, I don't trust them as much as I do trust Florida, um, Florida's offense. So <clears throat> that's where it comes into play for me. I think Florida wins this game. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a huge win, but it'll be a win for them. It'll be good to, you know, for them going into next year where they're going to have a lot of question marks. Um, you know, Trask is most likely heading to the NFL, and you're probably going to lose Tony and or Grimes or um, as well as Kyle Pitts, who is already, you know, leaving you'll be able to build off your defense though. Cause it's very young, but yeah, um, it, it's going to be a fun game. It's three versus six, I think, or not three versus six. Good Lord. Um, what are they ranked? I don't even know. Um, seven versus six. So yeah, it'll be a good game between these two teams. I expect Rattler to have a good game, but it's also his first bowl game. So we'll see how he performs in that, but yeah, give me Florida even to cover the three points. I think they'll win by about seven or seven or 10 points here in this one. Next one is Tulsa and Mississippi State. Caleb, we'll go back to you. Oh, he's getting me when I'm trying to pull up the score. Um, Tulsa is a pretty good team. Uh, Mississippi State is not a good team. So uh, I think this one's fairly easy to call, too. I think I like Tulsa in this. Let me just make sure I'm not speaking out of the side of my mouth here. Um, yeah, Tulsa is going is 6-2 versus Mississippi State team. is 3-7, lost pretty much every single 
piece that they could even think about having a good season with this year. And they're only Tulsa is only favored by two and a half points. So uh, immediately jump on that if you can. Tulsa is a, a much better team than Mississippi State. I know you don't really know what comes to when you have um, the old the old pirate there as your head coach. So and he's just going to bust open the the doors in, in the wide receiver room and just tell him to go long each and every play. So I don't think that's going to work up against a Tulsa team who is a decent defense as well. Um, give me Tulsa all day, and I think that's an easy cover. So if you want to put your money down on that one, go ahead. Yeah, we've seen, like Caleb said earlier, Tosa played Oklahoma State to within a field goal or I think a touchdown to start the season off. This team is a lot better than everyone wants to give them credit for, 6-2, and two, and that's one of their losses right there. Like Caleb said, one of their safer picks of the day, smash Tosa. Yeah, I'm taking Tulsa, too, and I, I like this Tulsa team. And they almost beat Cincinnati. And I know a lot of people were saying since he got screwed, which I understand, but at the same time, I think they were talking about this, like with Garrett, Michael, and Amber. Them not playing two games does not help their case, and neither does that game against Tulsa. I understand them getting screwed, but I definitely see both sides to it. Um, however, Zach Smith did not look good against that team. That was all Corey Taylor in their rushing game. Um, they're without Zayvon Collins, their top defensive player. Um, but Mississippi State, to me, is very close to rebuild mode. Um, KJ Costello has not really shown a lot of potential over at Mississippi State. Yeah, it has been one year, but um, I think he hurt. also missed, or like he, he just said he's not playing or something for the rest of the season, I think, too. Right. Right. And yeah, I mean, I think even without Zayvon Collins, I think. Tulsa wins this with ease. Yep. So I think that's it for that game. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is... I want to say we're at the New Year's Eve games still. Ball State, San Jose State. True, I'll let you start with this one. Uh, San Jose State, to me, has been a pretty... Up and down team, to say the very least, especially with that record. And same thing can be said about Ball State. It's in the Arizona Bowl, in the Arizona Stadium. To me, I've got to go with San Jose State just because they're doing the less amount of traveling here. Although that doesn't sound like a big deal, I feel like Ball State having to come from cold place, coming down to the warmth in Arizona, it's definitely going to have a factor in this game. So, Got San Jose State getting this W and cruising through this bowl game. Not a blowout, but I've got them at least by seven. Yeah, uh, I like this pick. I actually have it as a blowout. Um, San Jose State's uh, undefeated. They beat the likes of Boise State, Nevada, who are both good teams this year. And San Diego State is pretty decent. UNLV is pretty decent. And Hawaii, who was kind of a surprise team this year as well. Um, so you put wins up against those type of teams. And then you look over at Ball State, even though they are 6-1, and one, don't forget that they play in the MAC. All right. So that's the Mid American Conference, if for those of you who don't know. And it's pretty much just a scoring fest who can score more and not mess up too many times in a game. So they are six and one, but you know, the teams that they play aren't necessarily up to the level that San Jose San Jose State plays with. Um, I mean, Western Michigan's decent, Buffalo's decent. I mean, we obviously saw yesterday Buffalo's a good team. Um, picking up that win yesterday was huge for them. Um, but other than that, I mean Central Michigan's okay. These teams, you know, you you have a matching team and then a team that comes from, um, I forget, is it the Mountain West that San Jose State is in? So um, I like them to the better conference, better team here. 
Um, I think it's probably a 14-point win for them, somewhere around 14, 21 points. I like San Jose State. Yeah, I'm also taking San Jose State, and you brought up the Boise State game. That's one of those games, not only has San Jose State been consistent, um, but Boise State has been one of the most consistent teams in the Mountain West in recent years for quite some time now. Um, And Nick Stark will put up three touchdowns. Trey Walker put up a touchdown himself. Um, So I think I I like San Jose State here. To me, it's not that hard. Um, And this is going to be a nice test for Ball State, um, a 6-1 and team that Plays in a conference that isn't overly impressive, but I'm taking San Jose State on this one. Um, So we've got two left. So next one is West Virginia um, and Army. I'll start with this one. Um, This is another one. Army I'm not too familiar with, but I'm definitely going to go West Virginia on this one. Um, Jarrett Doge. I don't want to botch his name. He's looked like a very promising quarterback all season. Um, And I feel like West Virginia has been a team that has had impressive wins, but then against some of their losses don't look good. Um, But Army is not a bad team, um, but I think this could be a low scoring game. I've got West Virginia. Yeah. um, I, I think I like Army a lot in this game. I know it's against a West Virginia team who is played in the in the Big Twelve and Army's Army and who they play. But I mean, you're going up against a triple option team. It's never easy, especially when you don't have time to prepare. Um, I mean, you you have what three weeks or so to prepare, I guess, is what they've had. But I mean, to me, that's not enough time to be able to learn a, a full triple option offensive and what you're about to face, especially when you haven't had any experience of that throughout the rest of the regular season. Um, I think that's going to hurt them. And I think Army is fired up. We went, we've heard all the noise about why hasn't anybody, why isn't Army getting any, you know, looks to play in a bowl game prior to them, you know, getting this game. Why, why, since they're canceled, they, they can't play anybody since their other team canceled, blah, 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 blah. And after all that, they're finally getting to play a bowl game. It's been such a big deal and uh, been looked at and scrutinized by the media members all over the place. You're right, Sam. It's going to be a low scoring game. Um, but I think Army being able to have that triple option attack is just going to work in their favor. Obviously, they don't have very many you know, passing yards. They only average about 43.6 yards passing a game, but they average close to 300 yards rushing a game. So um, that'll be fun. And they, their defense is pretty legit, holding opponents to 14 points a game. So um, we'll see how they do up against the West Virginia Mountaineers team who you know likes to run fast and has a bunch of playmakers on the outside. So it, it's going to be a, a closer game than people think. West Virginia most likely wins, but I'm going to go with Army straight up in this one. I've got Army in the upset. I've been looking over these games, listening to everything you just said, and Army played Cincinnati, number eight at that time, only lost by 14, and their only other loss came to Tulane. I look at West Virginia, and their losses are a lot worse and to way worse teams in this situation. So overall, I don't think West Virginia has the defense to especially in a week or two employ and stop the triple option. I think maybe they can try to get in the way. But if Iowa State was able to drop 42 on West Virginia, I've definitely got Army doing at least 20 plus. So and like you said, low scoring game all around just because it's going to be run, 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 run. So Army in the upset. Last game is Arkansas-TCU. I'm taking the upset on this one. I'm taking Arkansas. I think, Caleb, you mentioned it. Um, I, I, 
Arkansas is a good team. They're not great, but they're good, and they're three and seven. I don't think their record shows how good they are. Um, and I think Caleb, you kind of alluded to the creativity in their offense. I mean, some of their players like Mike Woods and Rakeem Boyd, um, their stats aren't going to wow you, but they're talented players. Rakeem Boyd, I believe, is a junior or senior, um, so he'll, he'll be leaving for the draft. I think he's a senior. Um, Mike Woods was their top. Uh, Mike Woods was their leading receiver last year, and I think he's got about four to five hundred yards right now. Um, they don't have a single player, if I'm not mistaken, that's like, you know, at the thousand yard mark. Um, but Felipe Franks has really surprised us. I know Caleb and I were not high on him at all. Um, but TCU is a six and 14 TCU had a lot of guys returning like Garrett Wallow, Trayvon Morag, Darius Washington. Um, I think this has the potential to be a little bit of a higher scoring game than people expect. Um, but I'm taking Arkansas on this one. See, I'm going. I'm going completely opposite of you here, Sam. I'm going low-scoring game, and I'm going um, TCU. Uh, I think TCU's defense is going to be the name of the game in this one. Um, I do love. I've spoke on it multiple times. I love what Kendall Bryles is able to do in creative schemes um, on the offensive side of the ball, especially with what he's been able to do with Arkansas. And you're you're 100 right. I mean, Arkansas is not a bad team. I mean, they did get they smacked by Alabama, but who doesn't? Um, they only lost to a, a decent Missouri team who knows how to put up points by two. Um, lost to LSU, who, I mean, even though they're not having a great season this year, it's still LSU and they still have the athletes. Only lost by three. Um, lost at Florida, but still put up 35 points on Florida after getting walloped there. They beat Tennessee this year. Um, so, I mean, they're not something, you know, to just dismiss. The real question here is what is um, Arkansas going to do with their quarterback situation? So I'm not sure exactly what is going on with Felipe Franks right now. I don't know if it's an injury or if he hasn't played well or, you know, they're just trying to like move around different things, see what they have to work with um, towards the end of the season. But um, that's a big question mark. If you don't have a solidified guy back there, it makes it kind of difficult to read a game. Um, but I like TCU in this game just based off of their defense. They've had a, a decently strong end to their season by beating Louisiana Tech, which is – whatever but i mean they got a big win against the number 15 oklahoma state and they won that game by seven um put it on kansas like everybody else does but um tough loss to west virginia right before that but i think that kind of sparked them and to say hey we want to finish our season on a strong note their defense is strong and i'll get on to one of their you know strong defenders here come our nfl talk but yeah give me tcu in this one I'm going to take a little bit of both of you from you guys. So I've got TCU with the W, but it's in a very high scoring game, I feel like. Just for the simple fact that I've seen Arkansas be able to score against some of the better defenses in the SEC. And the same thing can be said about TCU going against these teams in the Big 12. They've been able to put up points. And at the end of the day, like Sam just mentioned, TCU brought back a plethora of players. So I expect them to be able to move the ball. And like you said, Rakeem Boyd, Felipe Franks, Arkansas has the talent across the board, and they've been able to score the only two games they haven't really scored in was Georgia and Alabama. And let's face it, those are two top 10 defenses in the national co- in college football right now. So mm-hmm. I've got TCU with a W, but a very high-scoring game. So that'll do it for the um, predictions through New Year's Eve. Um, so 
Let's go to the next segment and end on the offensive player to watch, offensive draft eligible player to watch. Caleb, I'll let you start with this one. Well, if you got your player picked. Yeah, I, I got my player picked. Okay. It's somebody that I've, I've talked about in the past on past shows, but like we're limited to um, the players that we're, we're looking at right now. And with Derek King, who was my original pick, now coming back for his senior year uh, or his fifth year, I guess, as a senior <laughs> Um, I'm going to have to go with my guy, um, Kyle Trask. Uh, he's not my guy, not with my team. Um, uh, but I really like Kyle Trask as a person and a player, uh, just, you know, complete all around quarterback. I mean, his numbers speak for themselves first in passing yards with 4,125 first in touchdowns with 43 tied 57th with only five interceptions. So doing the right things. And this is coming this was his senior year time for him to show out. And he absolutely, you know, did he had a, a great year last year after taking over um, after that offense with Felipe Franks, and he's just you know taken over faster. That reminds me a lot of you know what Joe Burrow was able to do with LSU two and three years ago, uh, or a year and two years ago, where he had a decent year, but then that next year he kind of took off, and that offense that Coach O placed around him, and that's kind of what I was able to see with Kyle Trask this season, putting absolute stellar numbers. I think if he doesn't lose two games or doesn't lose to LSU and or doesn't lose to um, Auburn. Who did they lose to? Not Auburn, um, Texas A&M earlier in the season. Then you probably give Kyle Trask the Heisman, even with his loss to Alabama with the way he's been playing this year. So um, I think this is, you know, he did have some moments in that Alabama game where they weren't very smart decisions, you know, throwing picks, a uh, pick right to a defender is not good and definitely not good for your, when an NFL scout watching you in a big game that you're supposed to perform highly in. Um, it's not that he didn't perform highly. He just didn't perform to the expectation or level that we had imagined him to be able to play with. And I think this game is the time for him to get back on track here, especially against an Oklahoma defense that, you know, can be broken down and gotten into. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does that without Kyle Pitts there, but I think he gets back on track here and, you know, gets rid of all the, the snide remarks or anything that people may be throwing around after saying he's, he's had to face an elite defense and this is what he did. But, you know, here we come into a big bowl game. Time for you to prove it, Kyle Trask. And you probably pretty much already solidified yourself as a first round draft pick. But, you know, move yourself a little bit higher back into that conversation of, you know, the number three or number four guy off the board. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, and I know Intro brought up um, – like LSU, Kadarius Tony and Trevin Grimes are not Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, but I love that Kyle Kyle Trask has been able to make those like names, low level names, non first round talent names, big names for themselves. I mean, Trevin Grimes had a lot of promise last year. Um, that's partly why I'm interested to see how the involvement of him. But Kadarius Tony is another big name, and that's my offensive player. Um. My offensive player is Kadarius Tony, and a little bit similar to the reasons that um, that Caleb picked Kyle Trask is because Oklahoma. I understand the Big Twelve doesn't have defenses that really everyone talks about, um, but one Oklahoma always produces two to three studs every year. Um, this year they've got Ronnie Perkins as their leading guy, um, but they're the second best team, if I'm not mistaken, right now in the Big 12. They've given up only 90 rushing yards a game, um, and I think it's a little over 200 right now. I don't, know if I, I don't have it off the top of my head for passing yards. Um, and, or, and Florida's a big passing team, as we've seen before. Um, so I think this is a big game for Kyle Trask as well. Um, and I also think this is going to be a big game for Kadarius Tony. I've seen him. I've seen him mocked 
in the first round. I don't think that'll be the case, but I think if he goes off this game, I think he could rise his way up um, potentially into the second round. I think I have seen him quite a few times in the second round. Um, I don't think he's first round talent just yet, but um, he's got a lot of promise and I like him. He's very shifty. Um, short, we've seen a little bit of flashes with him in the blocking area, the blocking scene. He's 5'11". He's just under six foot. Um, so not really your big bodied receiver, but he's shifty. I mean, Caleb pulled up that, uh, the highlight reel a few weeks ago, about a month ago. Um, he's shifty. I love him as a return specialist. I think he'd be a very, very good return specialist. And without Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask has still performed at a high level, um, throughout the season. Yeah. You can tell the team is on that offense is really rolling. Um, when Kyle Pitts is on the field, but that team is not a bad offense when Kyle Pitts is not on the field. Um, so I'm going to go Kadarius Tony, and I really like the Kyle Trask pick as well. Got to agree. I got to agree. I've got a person who may not be the most popular name, but I promise it's a name that everyone should know. And offensive player Jalen Darden from University of North Texas should have been on the Belitnikoff Award finalist. I'm just going to read off some of just a little bit. Nine games, 74 receptions, almost 1,200 receiving yards, 19 touchdowns. That's all I got to say. At five foot nine, 174 pounds, being the number one receiver, built basically just like Kadarius Tony, if not smaller, I feel like he's got all the upside in the world. We see what these receivers like Tyreek, Terry McLaurin, your Hollywood Browns, your smaller receivers are now starting to become more of a wave and people are taking chances on him again. So I would definitely have Jalen Darden. Like I said, he should have been a Belitnikoff Award finalist at the very least because these award finalists are, and don't get me wrong, Kyle Pitts deserves to be there. Devontae Smith deserves to be there as well. But Elijah Moore with 80 receptions and eight touchdowns compared to this dude is no nowhere near him. So... That's the name I've got on offense, Jalen Darden, Jalen Darden. He's going to come out and run it at the worst of 4-4. At the worst of 4-4. And, yeah, that's my receiver. It's crazy you you brought you bring Darden up right now, Trillis, because, like, I think it was about maybe three weeks ago or I don't know. I was Perry, Perry filled in for Sam, and I, I was trying to go for an offensive guy who not a lot of people knew about, and I came across Darden, and I was like, I put on his tape and I was like, oh my God, dude, like this kid is insanely good. Like I love Kadarius Tony, but this kid is like Kadarius Tony on crack, dude. He like, he is, I'm not playing with you, Sam, like go put on this dude's tape. He is absolutely incredibly good. Uh, I think he'll be, you know, probably a team's like number four, number five wide receiver once he does get drafted. If he does get drafted, I mean, he's so unknown that there's just been talk about him going undrafted. And if you can get this dude undrafted, dude, you, you got a steal and a half because this kid is absolutely stupid with the ball in his hands. Not only that, but without the ball, he makes defenders look silly. He makes like It's just ridiculous what this kid is able to do. So I'm glad you, you picked Darden here. And I just, the numbers speak for themselves. So you don't even have to really talk other than and that. The numbers and film. Right. And I think the big thing that stands out with Darden as well is his acceleration after the catch. Um, a lot of people talk about Kadarius Tony, the shiftiness, the what he does after the catch, um, and not many people talk about. Like I, I think a big reason uh, definitely is he doesn't play at a Power Five school. 
And that that's a big reason why nobody talks about these players um, come draft time. I mean, I would even say about a month or two before the draft, people will start to pick up on these players. And there's one guy named James Prochet out of SMU um, that not a lot of people talked about up until like a month or so before the draft. Um, so I, I think that could potentially be a guy that will really start to come around when people get deeper into digging into draft prospects. So um, I, I like that Jalen Darden pick as well. For sure, for sure. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Pro Shea just for the simple fact that he's a number one receiver at a small school. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now, for defense, I think I've got another name that everyone should know, but he did not play at all this year. He actually chose to opt out, and that's Gregory Russo from the University of Miami. Six foot five, 235. In high school, the kid returned kicks, played safety, receiver, and then he gets to college and they make him put his hand in the dirt. That athleticism is not out the window especially being from South Florida, you have to be able to play sports all your life. So I've got Gregory Russo easily, hands down. He's going to be a top five. Whenever the combine happens, if the combine happens, however they do with COVID, he's going to come out 6'5", run a 4'5 or better, throw up 20-plus in the bench, and it's going to be like, oh, my God, who's this freak? But he's been sitting here this whole time. He just decided to opt out this year. Yeah, and that's something that Sam and I have been noticing is when it comes to, you know, draft stock and everything is that a lot of people and a lot of draft analysts and others out here that do these type of things are dropping him in like into the late of the first round. And I mean, I mean, I haven't seen anywhere he's dropped into the second round, but I mean, I'm sure there's there, there's there's those ones out there that do. But I think like you're saying, Trill, if there's a combine this kid's just going to test out of the waters and blow every single scout away. So even though he did opt out, I think he, if he does have a combine, he will blow away all of the other competition that's out there. Just And then you can just go based off of his film previously. But, I mean, not having this year for him and opting out probably hurt him more so than it did a lot of others just because a lot of other defensive ends, for example, Quiddy Pay was able to make you know more of a name himself this year at, at Michigan. So um, I, I don't mind that at all. I think he can – improve his draft stock once the combine comes, but I still think he'll be going first round and I like the pick. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I still think he's going to go first round and I'm really fascinated to see where um, because Caleb hit it right on the money. There's tons of other edge rushers that have really started to pop off um, and Quiddy Pay, Quiddy Pay is one of them. Um, Aiden Hutchinson's another one. Um, another one that is actually mine um, is the other Miami guy. Um, and it's not Quincy Roche because I, I think it's Jalen Phillips. Um, Jalen Phillips, I I think the beginning of the season, Quincy Roche was talked about a little bit more. Um, and the matchup that everyone was looking at was Quincy Roche up against Christian Derrissaw. Christian Derrissaw, I think, is one of the best tackles in this draft. Yeah, I think outside of Panay Sewell, there's a pretty large margin. Um, but I think Christian Derrissaw has a chance to be the second tackle off the board. Um, but I've got I've got Jalen Phillips. He's lengthy. He's athletic. He's very active with his hands. Um, the one knock, he's been injured throughout college. And if you're going through all these injuries, I understand they're minor, but if you're going through all these injuries through, throughout college, that's a red flag in my opinion. And the big – there was one player that he did pretty decent this year um, with the Jags, 
Um, and that's a big reason why I wasn't, why I was worried. And that's LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. Um, LaVisca Chenault went through a small series of injuries throughout his college career at Colorado. Um, but Jalen Phillips, I think, has a very bright NFL future. Um, and I think if there's a team that can unlock his full potential uh, during his rookie contract, that's going to be huge. Um, and I like this. And the fact that Chuba Hubbard and Tylen Walls aren't playing in that game, uh, we could see a big game from Jalen Phillips. Yeah, I like the Jalen Phillips pick a lot. I like both of you guys taking Miami defensive ends there. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, one day, one day, uh, minor trolls and Oles will be back in that conversation talking about <laughs> exactly. talking about defensive ends. So, um, but for now, my defensive player to keep an eye on here is going to be a safety out of TCU, and that's Trevon Morig. Um, we talked about him prior to the season. We were going through our Pac-12 preview, um, and he's he's just an all-around you know safety guys. Uh, in a shortened season, still put up good numbers, you know, 47 total tackles, 30 alone, 17 assisted, nine passes defended with two picks. So, I mean, in a shortened season where he only got to play about half the games that he's used to, he put up half the numbers that he put up last year and probably was on pace to go ahead and break those. So um, getting more playing time here, he, he played well against West Virginia, extremely well against West Virginia. Um, and he played well up against Oklahoma State, too, where he had two passes defended for a pick. Um, also had two passes defended defended in a pick against Texas Tech. So he, he shows up when he when his time is needed, and he pretty much plays all over the field. Um, you can't really point him out whether he can be in combo coverage. He doesn't have to necessarily be or anything like that. Um, we can just play safety over the top too. So, I mean, he, he's a great you know safety prospect here. I'm sure he's probably dropped a little bit based off of, you know, just the short season not having as much on him and, you know, maybe not having a type of season that he probably projected himself to have or that others did. Um, but again, weird season. You just got to roll with the punches here. But here's another way for him to get on board here. And that's and you know, prove to NFL scouts that, hey, keep moving me up because I'm going up against an Arkansas Razorbacks offense. That is nothing to you know joke around about, especially under a great offensive mind like Kendall Bryles there. So um, if he can have, you know, a pick and maybe a couple passes defended like he has had in the past, I think this will be a good showcase for him um, to, you know, end his career off, you know, very quietly there at TCU. Yeah, I like that pick as well. And not only has like the defense as a, have the defense as a whole been a very intriguing, big hype, Big Twelve defense to watch, um, but that TCU secondary has been um, very exciting to watch. And that's a very versatile guy. So I really like that pick as well. I'm just looking at his stats in six two two zero two. He's gonna be someone that. At the next level, they're going to use him in a lot of different ways. Yeah, they've got uh, yeah, they've got two – I mean, I forget the other safety's name, but I mean, TCU has two safeties that are should be, you know, very talented and have long NFL careers, in my opinion. Um, I think maybe it's Darius Washington. I don't know. what is that his name, Darius Washington? Yeah, so, I mean, that, that kid's good too. They're going to have two longtime safeties that are going to be in the NFL with Bowrig and um, Washington, in my opinion, and then – I mean, you put him in the right situation in the NFL, I'm sure he'll be able to explode onto the scene, much like, I mean, you look at somebody like um, Antoine Winfield Jr. coming out of Minnesota, not very many people had him, you know, starting the season or, or becoming a starter throughout the season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And just look what he's been able to do just because he knows how to play the game. He knows how to listen to coaches, take coaching, and then learn from it, and then just bring the boom. So, I mean, I think Morig and Washington both can do everything you ask of them, whether that's from the free safety or strong safety position. 
that is all I have. Um, do you guys have anything else to add? Yeah, I mean, go ahead and uh, plug your stuff, Troll. You know you got stuff to plug out there. Oh, um, of course. Um, <laughs> we've actually just finished our last season last Sunday, and we're actually taking a little break right now. But every weekend, whether it's Saturday mornings or Sunday afternoons, I'm going to be live in BF underscore podcast. And Saturday mornings, we're going to be with Unwrap Sports, whether I'm here with Caleb on Saturday standouts, doing the college football Saturday morning show anything but always catch me live every weekend mbf underscore true all right and i'll just shoot a, a quick thank you over again trail for joining us and i love joining trail on any type of thing like in the mornings on saturday mornings when i'm able to or i love you know hopping on the unwrapped university live show um but being able to do this with sam saturday standouts has been awesome like i said guys we're gonna be going under a nice little revamp when it comes to our logo and you know our merch and whatever we're gonna be putting out there for you guys here soon um, something I got to, you know, start game planning with Sam because um, it's going to be, I hope it's going to be big. So something to look forward to there. Um, also, I got Saturday or I got Tribeholics, excuse me, which is a Florida State show. Um, we sit back, me and my buddy Marshall have a couple brews, talk Florida State sports. We're about to get that revamped up and going as well. Um, just the end of this year has been all crazy. Everybody having their own stuff to do, having things to figure out as well. Um, unwrapping bands. Unwrap Sports Network's um, live gambling show is being brought back soon as well, too. I think they might have had a show the other night for the opening night NBA. Um, so, you know, guys just bet on stuff and, you know, go into like a gambling cave, if you will, talk on here. So tune into that as well. Um, my boy, Perry Aston, um, who is the co-founder, one of the main founders of Unwrap Sports Network, um, has brought it to my attention that he would like to bring me on for another show as well that I'm looking into, seeing if I'm going to be able to be a part of that. So stay tuned for that too, possibly. Um, but, you know, just the, the all around love that, you know, Unwrap Sports is able to show to each other and, you know, have us all together. And, you know, we're coming up on two years now. I know not everybody's been here that long. I haven't myself, but um, just, you know, just blessed to be able to, you know, sit here with you guys Every, anytime we can get on a show and, you know, you know, just talk sports. Yeah, true. It's always great talking to you. You're always welcome. I love having guests on with different personalities, different perspectives. Um, yeah, like you said, Caleb, this new revamp is breaking news to me, but uh, I'm excited for it. It's going to be interesting. Um, we'll give Dairy Sports a follow. Actually, Matt Skur and I are headed over on Sportscaster at noon to talk Packers, recap the Panthers game, um, give a little preview of the Titans game. Um so that's going to be great, and I can't wait. I was going to say something else. I don't remember what it was. Oh, um, Unwrap just un uh, launched the gaming brand. I've, I've, if I'm not mistaken, I think Anthony Conover is the uh, director. Am I correct on that? Yeah, he's an assistant director, but he's going to you know, kind of be heading that department. Yeah, um, so that's pretty sick to me. Um, I, I'm not – I've kind of grown out of, like, gaming all the time, but every now and then I'll hop on the PS4. But, um, but yeah, that give the, go give that a follow. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Anything else, Drew? Oh, no, I was just going to say it was a pleasure to be here. I'm like, whenever you guys want me on again, you saw how easy it was. Send me a message. I'll be here. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, we'll definitely reach out and, you know, join us again for, for another show of Saturday Standouts. Um, thank you all for listening. And this has been another episode of Saturday Standouts. Thank you, guys.